look like you're doing well enough, get out. No, and uh, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. He didn't say that. So, and, uh, but uh, I, I want to preach a message to you tonight. And um, God's really impressed upon my heart to bring this to you. And I know we've been in the book of Nehemiah. But, um, you know, I know a lot of times we pray and we ask God for things. And, and uh, you know, you just get to the place where you wonder, uh, you know, is God listening to me? And, uh, and I don't know if you've ever gone through that or not. And, you know, you just have those times where you wonder if God's listening or not. Uh, I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 5. And I want to read a verse to you. And then uh, you can keep your finger there. And then uh, I want you to also go to Acts. So Acts uh, 4, 31 through 33. But we're going to start in Revelation 5, 8. And uh, I've got a couple of verses that I want to read to you. And then we'll get into the message. But I want you to look at this verse with me in Acts chapter 5 and in verse 8. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5 verse 8, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them hearts and golden vials full of odors. Now watch this. Which are the prayers of what? Saints. Are the prayers of saints. So is God listening? And so I want you to think about that tonight. If you turn back to Acts chapter 5, or chapter 4, I mean, look at verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Let's pray. Father, thank you. And Lord, we ask now that you'd encourage hearts tonight. And, and Father, we're just so grateful for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, I ask that you would just encourage hearts tonight. Help us, Father, to realize that when we are praying that we have a God who is listening. And so, Lord, we're reminded here in the book of Revelation the importance of our prayer life, for, Lord, they come before you. And so, Lord, we want to lay this evening at the altar at your feet. We ask now that you'd encourage hearts and strengthen us. And, Lord, help us with the work of the ministry. And so, Father, we love you. We're grateful. And we thank you. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, is God listening? There was something that my pastor used to do years ago. And, and, and when I first got with Pastor Nichols, sometimes I would talk to him. And I never knew if he was listening to me or not. And there were times where you would ask him a question and he just wouldn't respond. And he would just pause. And then he would start to move or move away. And I thought, well, this is kind of rude. And, and he, I just thought he just really wasn't listening to me. But all the while, he was listening to me. He just didn't have the answer yet. But he didn't respond. He didn't just speak out. He didn't just say something. He would wait a while. And so I always wondered, I wonder if pastor's listening to me. And then after I share with him, I said, Pastor, are you listening to me? He didn't say anything. And then he looked up and he said, what makes you think I'm not listening to you? I said, well, you're not responding. What do we want from someone when we share something with them? What are we immediately looking for? An immediate response. And Pastor was just such a patient man that he would just pause. And he finally looked at me and he said, Bob, he said, you asked a very good question. And he said, I need to pray about the answer before I give it to you. And I thought, man, what an amazing thing. You know, I don't think God has to pray about his answer that he needs to give to us, but sometimes I think God pauses 
because he wants us to have faith that one, he heard us. Number two, he's going to answer us, but he's going to do it in due time, in his time. And, you know, I think about many Christians are told to pray, but not many are taught to pray. Yet prayer is one of the most vital parts of our Christian life for us to kneel down and pray. And that's our communication to God. And God communicates to us in our times of prayer. And I don't think we realize that God's really speaking to our hearts in those times. You know, we're coming and we're speaking to God. Would God not then respond to us? And you say, well, how does he do that? Well, he does it through uh, his word. He does it through our spirit. He brings conviction to our heart or he brings things to our mind or he speaks to our heart about something that maybe we've brought to him. But the thing of it is, is do we have a God that listens and I have been at the place where I've gone to the throne of God and I thought, no one's listening to what I have to say. I don't know that God's there. How many of you have felt that way when you've prayed? Like you feel like there's just this absent vacuum. And yet you're talking and you're praying and yet you don't feel like there's a response. Well, the next time that happens to you, I want you to open your Bible to Revelation 5.8. And I want you to be reminded of what this says. He said, and the golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of what, folks? Saints. They're there. They're before God. Now, the Lord uh, does hear our prayers. I believe he answers our prayers. And the question I have to ask myself is this. Am I listening to God? When God's speaking to me, am I listening to him? Do you know when you pray, have you ever prayed and just paused for a moment to let God speak to your heart? It's not an audible voice. But there is a conscience that we have toward our God. There is conviction that he brings. There's thoughts that he brings to our mind. But we need to take that pause. You know, it's apparent as you read this verse that our prayers are brought before the Lord. And if you are saved, you're a saint of God. You don't have to be anointed by someone to be a saint. Amen? You're anointed by Christ. Amen? And men don't pick the saints. God picks us. Amen? And so he says when you get saved, he's chosen us to be one of his saints. And so, you know, I, I've said to some of my friends who are of a, a, another persuasion in religion, and I've told them I'm St. Bob, and they get offended. And, uh, and the thing of it is, is I said, I can prove it through the scriptures <laughs> that I am a saint. And, and the fact is, is that I don't have to be named by a man to become a saint. I've been named by Christ as one of his saints the day I got saved. Amen. I'm a child of God. Now, no one but the Lord through salvation in Christ is able to anoint another saint. But when you trust the Lord, you are a child of God. And he tells us that we are one of his saints. So when you read the Bible and he said, and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. So is God listening? Is God listening to us when we pray? Well, the Lord shares in the scriptures that we are to pray. Does God not teach us to pray? You know, you go through the scriptures, you find hundreds of verses on the subject of prayer. You find people praying. Uh, you know, when Hannah prayed, did God hear her? Obviously, God heard her, right? Uh, when you look in the scriptures, when Joshua prayed, when Moses prayed, uh, when these uh, folks would pray in the scriptures, did God hear them? Uh, of course he did. And, and the thing of it is, is did God answer their prayers? Well, he did, but not necessarily the way they wanted it done. But God did answer their prayers. And so I want you to consider tonight the fact that the Lord shares in the scriptures that we are to pray. And who are we to pray to? Well, we're to pray to him. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We're praying to God, are we not? And so we're, who are we praying to? I want you to really think about your prayer life and the power that's actually in prayer. What God is capable of doing. How he can move a people 
through prayer. The, the fact that when we are praying, we're in the midst of worshiping God when we're in our time of prayer. And so I want you to consider this tonight. There are verses that challenge us to pray, and the, there are verses that challenge us to continually pray. So why would God request something of me or share something with me and then not listen to me? Do we have a God that listens to us? Of course we do. Of course we do. Now, God is listening, and I believe he produces some powerful spiritual results. One of the things is worship. When we look at this verse, let's go back in verse 6 of Revelation and look at this. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came, and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harped and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. When you're in prayer, I want you to understand it's a time of worship. So whether we're here praying together uh, corporately, uh, whether I ask a man to come up here and to pray or to pray over the, the uh, requests that are made during an evening service, or if we are at the 6.30 prayer meeting here in the back room, or we're uh, in, in the office in there at 8.30 in the morning praying, or if we're uh, just in the building and the men come together or the ladies come together and they're praying, Listen, we're not praying for the people in the room. We're praying to God. Amen. And sometimes I think we want to satisfy the folks in the room with what we're saying more than we're thinking about whom we're praying to. I want to challenge you men, when you come up here and you pray, and you pray for this offering, you're not praying for the people in the room. You're praying to God about the offering we're about to take and give to him, and he's about to receive. Amen? When we do communion, and you fellas come up here, and you stand at this pulpit, and you pray, I want you to understand, you're praying to God. You're not praying for the people in this room. We're corporately together, but the fact is, is you're praying to God. <laughs> you're talking to the Lord. Is God listening to us? Of course he is. He hears what comes out of your mouth. That's why we're challenged through the scriptures to really consider what it is that we're praying about. You ought to have a really earnest prayer time where you get alone with God and believe me, whenever you're praying, that is a time of worship. That is a time where you get alone with God. It's you and the Lord communing together and believe me, it is important that you understand that it is a time of worship. And whether we're in the service or alone with God, we need to recognize this. So God listening, uh, God is listening to us, and I believe through that, it produces some spiritual results in Christians. One of the things is, it pushes them to worship. When I look at this, it says the four, uh, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Why did they fall down? Can you imagine when we get to heaven, folks? What do you think is going to happen to us? Do you really think you're going to really stand? Or are we going to fall on our faces before our Savior? Amen? And when I look in the scriptures, I'm saying we're going to fall on our face before the Lamb of God. And when we come before him, there are times when you pray and you may not think that your words are being hear, heard or that they're just floating in the air. But listen, I want you to know Jesus Christ is listening to you. Amen. We possess the Holy Spirit, possesses our bodies. He indwells us. He's with us. And God loves to hear from his saints. And therefore, he even tells us in this passage, the prayers of saints are before the Lord. They come before him. So what you say to God matters. 
So don't think that your words are just floating in the air, but you're speaking to God. The next time you pray and this thought comes over you, I want you to remember this passage that we find these vials of odors uh, just full of the uh, saints' prayers. So whenever you're speaking, you are talking to God. When you are praying, you're speaking to God. It is a time of worship. It's a time to really turn yourself over to the Lord. When you're saved, God called us his saints, and your prayers do not go unnoticed by God. I believe your prayer time, and listen to me, your prayer time is never a waste of time. Your prayer time is never a waste of time. And you say, well, Pastor, what, what is it all that we're supposed to be praying about? Well, you know, Miss Vicki produces this prayer list uh, weekly, and we, we get that. You could break that down to daily times and, and say, okay, I'm going to pray over the salvations today. Today, this is Monday, or uh, this is Sunday. And, and you just start your week, and you say, okay, this is Monday's prayers, and this is Tuesday's prayers, and this is Wednesday's prayers, and this is Thursday's prayers. And you could break that prayer list just down, just like that. You're praying for people to get saved. So Monday, all day Monday, what you do is your prayer time is all about praying for the lost. And so you look at the prayer list that we have here, and what do you have? Well, here's people that need to be saved. Now, here's the thing. Ask God if he'll use you to help lead some of those people to Christ. <laughs> Ask God to use you. Now, You've got these urgent requests, and we really spend a lot of time on Wednesday nights in these urgent requests, and I believe we ought to. I believe we ought to be praying for folks. But that could be your Tuesday prayer list, couldn't it? And you're praying for people to, to be, be able to overcome sickness and illness, and, and you're praying to God. It's a time of worship. You're asking, you're requesting something of God, and you're saying, Lord, I want, I want something to happen for these people. And so on Wednesday, you know, you come and you say, well, I'm going to pay for, pray for the people on the cancer list. And then on Thursday, I'm going to pray for our missionaries. Well, on Friday, what am I going to do, Pastor? <laughs> well, what about family members and friends and neighbors? What about people that you come in contact with? What about other church members just calling them up and praying with them? And what you can do is you can set yourself up to be praying about everything. You say, what about our nation? Yeah, we need to be praying for our nation, amen? I mean, you heard the speech last night. At least I imagine some of you tuned into the speech. And we could see the divide in the room. And God's the only one that's going to bring that together, amen? So maybe Saturday is a time where you pray for our leaders and our country and our nation. You say, well, Sunday's here. I don't have to pray now. No, we have an 8.30 prayer meeting. We have a 6.30 prayer meeting. Hey, listen, it's a good time to pray, amen? Well, what are we going to pray about? Well, pray that God would lead your pastor in the words that he speaks from the pulpit. Pray that when Vicki and Bill go out and they're on the bus and when Joe goes out and he picks them up, pray for the safety for those that are driving and the safety for the kids that are coming in on the buses. Pray for children to get saved. Miss Connie's back there and she's teaching the children back there. Pray for the Sunday school classes. They, they need to get saved, amen? Pray for the teenagers that come to our church that, that they don't walk away from God, but that they draw closer to God. What is it that I can pray about, Pastor? Man, there is so much to pray about, amen? And we need to be praying. And we can do that on Sundays. Pray for the services. Pray for the preaching of God's Word to really penetrate the hearts of the people. Pray for people to get saved in the services. Pray for God to bring us visitors on Sunday, amen? What do I have to pray for on Sunday? A lot. Amen? There's a lot to pray about, isn't there? And so, what is it that we need to pray about? Well, we're worshiping God, but there are so many requests that we have of our Heavenly Father. Amen? 
And we need to worship him and praise him. Let me get you to write these verses down. You don't have to turn there for the sake of time. Psalm 141, 1 and 2. Psalm 141, 1 and 2. He said, Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as an incense. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. He said, Lord, I, I cry unto you. Make haste, Lord. Please listen to what I'm asking of my Savior. I, 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 I know there's no other way that these are going to be answered. I know all the things that I've shared with you tonight, all the things that are on this prayer list, we have no capability to make any of this happen. But we have a God in heaven who's listening. Amen. And he knows what's going on. And he knows our hearts and he knows the sincerity of our hearts. I want you to be challenged to just fall down before the Lamb of God. Amen? Get on your face and say, oh, dear Lord, what am I going to pray about? Well, you've got this. We've got all our missionaries. We've got people around us. We've got lost souls all around us. Amen? We've got people here in Minster and in New Bremen, and we've got people in New Knoxville, and uh, we've got people in Fort Laramie, and we've got people over in St. Henry and uh, Maria Stein. I mean, there's people all around us. What do they need up in St. Mary's? They need Jesus Christ, amen? So what do we have to pray about? Pray that God, the Holy Spirit, really moves upon our hearts so we're motivated to go and do the things that need to be done. I look at this, and I begin to think, think about the weeping ended and the praise of the Almighty began and they fell down and worshipped him. <laughs> you know, there's a time where we just need to fall on our face and say, oh God, <laughs> we need you. We need you in this ministry. We need you to help us, Father. We, we don't know. We, listen, we don't know how to go out and we don't know how to come in, but we have a God in heaven who will guide us. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. Is that not what the scriptures teach us? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways, the Bible teaches us. And so I share with you tonight, what do we have to pray about? Well, we have an almighty God we ought to be praying to, amen? When we're praying, realize that we're not praying for the people in the room in that sense that we want them to remember, uh, you know, know that, well, your request has been brought before the Lord and, and, and that kind of thing. We're doing it because we're lifting it up to the God of heaven so he hear us and listen, he is the one who will answer. That's the God that we serve. And you say, well, that's wonderful, but how do I know he's answering me? Start keeping a journal. <laughs> And I just want you to track how many prayers God answers for Calvary Chapel Independent Baptist Church. I want you to write it down on a sheet of paper every time God answers a prayer. I want to tell you that I prayed for visitors on Sunday and they showed up. I prayed for someone to get saved on Sunday and they did. Amen. We prayed for someone to get saved on Saturday during the teen activity and he did. <laughs> Amen. God is in the business of saving souls. God is in the business of blessing people, those that worship him, those that come to him, those that believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen, God wants to do something through this church, through you people, through your pastor. Listen, and what God's looking for is, do I have some people that are really willing to worship me in prayer and bring to me what is on their hearts? Second thought. Movement. <laughs> Prayers bring forth spiritual activity, I think. They bring forth spiritual activity. Turn with me to the book of Acts. Spiritual prayer 
brings forth activity among God's people. Verses 31 and 32. He says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they had assembled together, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed as his own, but they had all things common. Now, I want, to, I want you to think about this. The place was shaken, and this was a group that was praying to an almighty God, expecting him to show himself in their meeting. Did you come tonight expecting to hear from God? Did you come tonight expecting that maybe when we pray this place would be shaken? Did you come tonight with some expectations that we're coming to meet with God tonight? That, that this is just not some ordinary, everyday Wednesday night service and we'll get there and pastor will preach and we'll pray over the, uh, the requests that were made and then we'll all go home. No, folks, it's not about that at all. It's about us showing up with a prepared heart, ready to listen to God, listen to what he has to say, and have our hearts prepared so that when he begins to do something at Calvary, we recognize our God. What happened? Well, I don't know about you folks, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. I've never seen that. I've never been in a prayer meeting like that. And I've been in some wonderful prayer meetings, but I'm telling you, they came with an intent and a purpose to hear from God. You say, well, what night was that? That must have been on a Sunday morning that happened. There ain't no way that happened on a Wednesday night service. Well, I want to tell you, God can show up when he chooses, amen? And he can start revival when he chooses. When I look at this, the place was shaken where they were praying together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, what is that? They were influenced by the Holy Ghost. And God furnished them with what they needed. God gave them what they needed. You say, on a Wednesday night, Pastor? Yeah, on a Wednesday night. On a Tuesday night, Pastor? Yeah, on a Tuesday night. On a, on a Sunday night? On a Friday, on a Saturday, listen, when you come together and you come with the intent and the purpose to worship God in prayer, listen, things begin to move because God's moving. And he says in the scriptures, and how many of you say this verse where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst thereof, amen? So how many of us have to get together? At least two. And so when we get together, what are we talking about? So when Anita and I are at home alone and we're praying together, is God in our midst? Where two or three are gathered, there is he in the what? Midst thereof. You can pray at home with one another. God's in the midst of that. And when we come together in here and we pray together, listen, I want to see the place shaken. I want God to start stirring our hearts. I want God to start doing some things. And what does it take? It takes a people that are willingly submitting to God. <laughs> hey, listen, the prayers that we bring before him, there are vials, odors, the prayers of the saints, are they not? Before God. Think about this. This place was shaking because this group had come together to meet with God. And this was a spirit-filled prayer meeting. I believe that with all my heart. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was there. Amen. And it says in this passage, when you look at verse 31, and he says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, the place where they were praying, the place had been shaken. So what were they filled with? The Holy Ghost. What does that mean to be filled with Holy Ghost? That means that we let God control us. Amen? That we let God control. We're letting God have control. And when God has control, the place was shaken. These people saw God in this meeting. 
God was listening, and I think he answered prayer. You look at the rest of this entire chapter, and you begin to see God moving and God doing something. Why? Because the people came expecting God to do something. Now, when you're praying, think about whom you're speaking to and ask the Lord to come and meet with you. And then you may speak with boldness. And they spoke God's word with boldness and confidence. I'm asking God to give me more confidence, not less. I'm asking God to give me more confidence to speak to people in the community and to speak to leaders in the community, to speak to the householders in our community, to win them to Christ. Give me the words to speak. Hey, listen, I don't know what their religious background is. I don't know what they really believe, but I know a God who does. Amen? And if I have faith, I believe God saves souls. I can't do it, but he can. And he wants to use each and every one of us that are sitting in this room to reach someone with the gospel. Ms. Pam, how many of your family members have you had in this church? They need Christ, amen? We need to go after them. How many, how many times have you brought guests or friends or neighbors and listen, we need to reach them with the gospel. We need to come in and, and when you see people you don't know, you shouldn't say, man, I ain't going over and shaking their hand. I don't know who they are. We want to reach out to them. And number two, we want to pray during the service, Lord, if they're not saved, get them saved today. Amen. You can listen and pray at the same time. Amen. We can do more than one thing. And the thing of it is, is when we come together and we begin to pray and ask God to do something, not are what we are capable of doing, but God, let us go out and bring them in and let God do his work in their heart. Amen. I can't save anybody. I can only preach the truth. Amen. Dr. Lee Robertson said, and I uh, spoke to him personally, and I was standing there and got a conversation with him, and he got up to the pulpit, and I had the honor of listening to this man preach. He was in his mid-90s at the time, and he had come to Loudon Baptist Temple, and he got up and preached, and the man began to weep, and he said this, I hate going to knock on doors sometimes down there around Tennessee Temple. And he said, the reason that, I bother, that it bothers me so much is because when you go and knock, people will tell you, Dr. Lee Robertson saved me a long time ago. And he said, if Dr. Lee Robertson saved them, they are dying and going to hell because I didn't lead them to Christ. I led them to me. And I want to tell you something. We need to lead people to Christ. Amen? He needs to be the center of attention he needs to be our focal point in Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Listen, when we have this revival coming up, I'm praying to God that God anoint Tom Engel, but Tom Engel can't do anything. God has to do it. Amen. Tom Engel can come and he can bring messages and maybe even make us laugh a time or two. But I'm here to share with you tonight that if unless we get our hearts where they need to be, revival can't occur, but God wants it to occur. But he's looking for a people who are willing to get on their knees before the Lamb of God and begin to pray and say, God, I believe you. And then we do something about it. Amen. When I look to the scriptures, when you tell others about Christ, think about this. And your testimony. Listen, just do it with assurance. Are you saved tonight? Amen. Are you saved? Amen. <laughs> do it with assurance. I know heaven's my home. And listen, when I speak to people, I just need to let them know, hey, listen, I'm saved. If they go, what is that all about? Let me tell you. <laughs> Amen. 
Get the word of God out to them. Be assured in your own salvation. Are you assured tonight of your salvation? Do you know for sure if you died today that heaven would be your home? If you really believe that from the depths of your soul, listen, there are souls that are going to die and go to hell, and God wants to use you and Calvary Chapel to reach this community with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful thought? He wants to use us. Prayer. I believe things begin to move. When you tell others about Christ, do it with assurance. Notice what is found at this prayer meeting in the multitude of them that believed. And the believers had one heart. I love this. Look at verse 32. And the multitude of them believed and were of what? One what? Heart. Do you know whose heart that is? It's not mine. It's not yours. It's the heart of our Savior. Amen? They were of one heart. They were of one emotion, one feeling, one focus. Amen? It was about Jesus Christ. It was that one heart. They came together. Now watch this. Not only one heart, but one soul. And listen, when this singleness of thought happens, these feelings that we have, these emotions that we have, this mind that we have, we can see God working. I want to tell you, whenever God begins to work, it's like organized chaos. And he begins to do something in a service just like this. And he begins to work on hearts in a service just like this. And he begins to motivate people in a service just like this. And he begins to move upon your heart in a service just like this. And why is he doing that? Because, listen, souls are hanging in the balance. And he wants to use you. People begin to glorify and lift up the name of Christ. One soul. Let me give you a couple of verses. You can write these down. Three verses. Ephesians 2.18, Ephesians 4.4, and Philippians 1.27. He says in Ephesians 2.18, For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. (laughs) You don't have a different spirit than I do. If you're saved, we have the same spirit. Amen? I'm not talking about your attitude. I'm talking about who possesses you. Who possesses you? God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Ghost. Amen? So why are you any different than me? We're not. We have different personalities, but we have one spirit. Amen? We're serving the same God. By the way, folks, look at me. We are all on the same team. Do you know that? Amen. We're on the same team. And that is Team Jesus. And we have got to get to the place where we say to ourselves, listen, this is about him. It's not about us. It's about what God wants to accomplish, not what I want to do. It's about where he's taking us, not what I want done. There is one body, he says in 4.4, and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope. Listen, it's all about Christ. It's all centered on him. It's all focused on him. Philippians 1.27, stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the what? Gospel. We need to stick together. We need to be together. We need to have one mind. One spirit, one heart, one focus. His name is Christ. Amen? Amen. And listen, that's what we need to do. Through this prayer meeting, I believe came unity of faith, allowing them to have all things common. And I know they're talking about material goods here. I know they're talking about those material things. But if I can have some liberty tonight, I'd like to share with you that I believe application could be made here, that it goes beyond that. I think it created an environment of unity. I think that's exactly what it did. Now, here's what I want us to do. Listen to me real close. I want you to tune in here for just a moment. Before we have Brother Engel come, I'd like to have another 24-hour prayer meeting. 
And what I would like to do is we can put this sheet up here and we can have this and we can have all of our missionaries. And what we'll do is we'll sign up to come in and we'll pray here in the church. You say, well, I can do this at home. I know you can. I'm talking about coming to the house of God. Amen. Talking about taking an hour of your time and coming over to this church. And so what are we, what are we doing, Pastor? What are we, what are we going to do? We're going to pray people get saved. What I want to challenge you with is, is there some heart that you have for someone that you know that needs to be saved? They need to know Jesus Christ. Maybe someone's wandering from Christ. Maybe, maybe there's a family member or a friend and you're asking God, listen, Lord, I want to get them to this meeting. The meeting isn't going to save them. Jesus Christ is, amen. But I know he'll be preached. And what it is, is God help us as a church body to be in the unity of the faith. For the faith of the gospel, Lord, help us to strive together to do this. Let us bring people in. Let us do this this time, Lord, for your honor, for your glory, for your sake, for your name's sake. And God, what we're asking of you is that we're asking you to help us win some people to Christ. <laughs> you think God's in the soul winning business? <laughs> He wants to see people get saved. Through a prayer meeting, we can come together and get prepared for this revival. And I thought, consider what could be accomplished by a strong prayer meeting. <laughs> I'm looking at what happened here. <laughs> man, these guys turned the world upside down. After this prayer meeting occurred, man, things went crazy. After this prayer meeting, God began to explode. People began to believe. People that had never heard the gospel before, hearing it for the first time and trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. These guys turned the world upside down. Saul got transformed from what he was to what God desired for him to be. When you go and you read the scriptures and you look at the book of Acts, look at what God was doing in the book of Acts. Consider what can be accomplished by a strong prayer meeting where we come together for the purpose of simply just glorifying God, worshiping Him, thanking Him. And then, and then we get to the place where we glorify God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Is God a God who answers prayer? Is He listening to us? Oh, yeah, I think He does. I have no doubt in my mind God's listening to us. Now, what does He hear from you? Do we all have a spirit of, oh, woe is us? Oh, woe is me. Do we have a spirit of God? I believe you can accomplish things. Last thought is this. Prayer provides the strength of God to be his witness. Look at verse 33. Not just with any power, but and with great power in verse 33. Underline that in your Bible. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did he give them great power to do? to speak of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Grace is what God gives us what we do not deserve, amen? He gives that to us. He gives us something that we don't even deserve. And what he's saying here is great grace came upon these people. But what is the great power that they receive to witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, an additional result from this meeting is great power given, strength to do his work, and the work of God was yet to be done. And you think about it, the resurrection occurred, but the work now started, didn't it? The work really started for these men after Christ died and rose again.
That's when the work began. So where are we? Well, we're in the church age. When did that start? In the book of Acts. And so what is our command? What are we supposed to be doing? The challenge to us is to get together and to pray and to seek God and to seek his power and to get his strength and to gain his strength for what purpose? To testify the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what it's for. The work of God was yet to be done, and that work was witnessed by these apostles, their testimony of Jesus Christ, what they had seen, what they had heard, what they had experienced. In fact, Paul says in Philippians 4, 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. What was it that they heard and seen? What is it that they saw in, 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 in Brother Paul? What is it that they saw in his life? The testifying of Jesus Christ, Right? And so, as we think about this, this was for a witness of the resurrection of Christ. The day you trusted Christ to save your soul, great power was given unto you. You say, how do you know that? (laughs) Because the Bible says so. The day you got saved, God didn't save me more than he saved you. He saved us all the same. Amen? You didn't get a little more salvation than I did. We all got the same amount. And God says that through salvation, ye shall be what? Witnesses. That's what we're supposed to be now. And so being a witness doesn't mean that I'm angry. Being bold doesn't mean that I'm aggressive. What it means is is that I have the boldness and the confidence in what Christ has done, and I'm willing to share that with other people. It's exactly what that means. This was for a witness to the resurrection of Christ. The 12, what was their goal? What were they supposed to be doing? Witnessing of Christ. The day when Pentecost came and the Holy Ghost came upon these folks, what was the role of the Holy Spirit? To testify of Christ. The Holy Spirit now resides in us. What is our role now? To testify of Christ. And I thought about Paul and Cornelius and the Philippian jailer and me and you. What are we supposed to be doing? Your testimony of salvation through Jesus Christ is great power given unto you. Great grace. I thought about the divine influence upon our heart, how, how that should reflect out in our lives. And, and if all of us in here tonight are saved, God, the Holy Spirit, resides in us. By the way, when we're asking God to meet with us, when we're asking God to be in our presence, I want you to know this. The Holy Spirit's not floating over this auditorium. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit resides inside you. The Holy Spirit's not floating over the auditorium here. And so when God, and we're asking God to be in our presence, and we're asking God to be in our meeting, and we're asking God to do something, do you know what we're really asking? God, do something in me. (laughs) Do something in my heart. This is a powerful testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ by you demonstrating a Christ-likeness. This great grace is a testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. I believe part of grace in the indwelling spirit which many received at Pentecost and the filling of the, is the control, the spirit in the life of a believer. It's you allowing God to really work in your life. It's you, you saying, okay, Lord, I'll let you do this. Let me give you one more verse, uh, two verses. I'll, I'll finish with this. Ephesians 3.16 and Ephesians 3.20. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Listen to me tonight. Listen, hold on for just a second. Look here for just a second. If you want the power of God in your life, it starts in here. It starts on the inside. It's you determining in your heart that you're going to let God have control. 
If you really want to see God work in your life, then give him yourself. Give him the opportunity to do something in your life. Let him work in the inner man. He said, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Do you really want God to work in your life? Do you really want God to do something in your life? Do you really want God to do something in the life of this church? Do you really want to see God do something? Then let's get to the place where we're willing to fall on our face before the Lamb of God and bring our prayers for Almighty God, knowing that our prayers are answering. Is God listening? Yeah, he's listening to us. And by the way, he knows our hearts. Heads are bowed, eyes are bowed.